Welcome to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast where we're going to be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take in a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're going to sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. Welcome back, everyone, to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. I'm your host, Kieran Anderson, and today we have Captain Don Dingman on. How are you, Don? Doing great. How are you? Good. Good to see you again. Good to hear from you again. And uh, I'm excited for a topic on Mahi Mahi, Dorado, Dodo. Everybody has a different name for them, right? Yeah, man. I mean, you know, I've been a charter captain for 30 something years and there's nothing front finer or more fun and exciting than seeing a big giant Mahi, you know, jump up behind the boat with his bait in his mouth, you know? Absolutely. For sure. And I'm sure that you've seen a lot more than a lot of people in their lives. I mean, you're doing this every single day. You just... We're telling me you're going on the 20th season? 20th season of Hook the Future, taking kids fishing all over the place. You know, um, this year we filmed in Colorado, drift boat fishing in Costa Rica, catching uh, sailfish and yellowfin. So all over the place. So blessed to do it and, you know, helping kids do fishing. So it's kind of cool. Absolutely. So, yeah, give us a little brief uh, overview on what you do, uh, what your daily life is and uh, about the, the. Well, um, I've been a charter captain for over 30 too. years in northeast Florida and Jacksonville. I've um, been doing that for a long time for just about everything that swims. I'm addicted to the blue water, uh, kind of charter fish just so I can be out there in it. You know, I love being in the pit. Um, and so I've been doing it out of uh, a real nice center console for a long time. Um, very blessed to do that. We started Hook the Future 19 years ago, 20 years ago now. Uh, a couple years in, I lost my son, passed away unexpectedly, and it just kind of took a turn about helping kids do fishing and and I've just kind of dedicated my life to that, you know, like teaching kids the sport of fishing, getting them into the game, um, doing kids clinics at boat shows, doing the show Hook the Future. Um, and that's what we do. So my daily life is all about that. And I've been doing it so long now that some of the first kids I took fishing on the show are now getting their charter captain's license, you know, going <laughs> in, and their kids are coming to the clinic. So it's uh, it's really nice and blessed to do it for so long. What made you decide on uh, becoming a charter captain in the first place? I was just feeding my addiction. You know, yeah. it was, I, I needed to pay for my gas <laughs> and my extra stuff and I needed some more reels and how am I going to do that? And I just, I can remember calling my friends when I got a boat, like, Hey man, I got a boat. I got electronics. I just need some gas. Can you go? Can you pay gas money? You know? And, um, so it's all about just getting out there you never know what you're going to see in the blue water. You never know what's going to pop oh, up yeah. behind the boat. It's always a great experience and, um, yeah. And, and memorable, you know, so I just want to be out there. How hard was it to get, to get your charter license? Um, back in the day, it was a little tougher than most, you know, you had to oh, prove wow. everything, you know, now everybody just fills out the form and kind of says, yeah, yeah. And gets out there. So there's a lot of guys <laughs> out there that didn't put in the time maybe, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm glad we did it the old school way. And, and, um, it took a while, you know, it took some of the guys I respected to say, Hey man, you're good enough to be a charter captain. Why haven't you got your license yet? You know, um, you kind of felt I wasn't worthy back in the day, you know? Um, and I started when I was young in my twenties. So, um, is that when you got your charter's license? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, there's nothing more fun than watching somebody else do it. You know, like you've surfed all your life to take somebody else out and watch them do it for the first time or, or, you know, catch the barrel or just perfect conditions. And you're there to experience them with them. It's pretty special. Um, so a charter captain, you know, you just never know what to expect. And people are, you know, they're paying their hard earned money to come out and have fun and you want to deliver that for them on top of the fish, you know? Absolutely. And, and we know that you catch all sorts of, a fish out in the blue water for sure. I mean, you, you've seen it all. You've, 
caught a lot of it too. But uh, the topic today is mahi mahi. For that's that's what we're going after. So well, yeah. Sometimes mahi, you know, you you catch them as a bycatch, even when you're bill fishing. You know, pulling the big lures, you'll catch some big mahi. And there's different types of mahi fishing. We just got back from the Keys filming Hook the Future in Hawks K down there in the Keys with a couple of kids, and we were catching mahi. You know, like. I don't know. Half of them we had to throw back, you know, some about two foot long, you know, just small schoolies, really wow. small. Yeah. And we had some small kids catching double headers, you know, and we had small hooks and small baits and, you know, using stuff like this. It's like a small squid, you know, mine aren't picky, you know, you know, and um, so a lot of times the smaller baits like this, when you're trying to find them on the weed line um, and you're, you're trying to catch schoolies, that's one thing. You're just trying to catch dinner, you know, but when I'm out there and I'm trying to tournament fish, it's a little different. I don't want the schoolies, you know, you want I want big something ones. big. I like a big bubbler. I've caught a lot on pink and white. I've caught a lot on an Islander, man, a blue and white Islander. I've caught a lot in front of a ballyhoo or just a naked ballyhoo. Um, so the biggest thing about mahi fishing in the blue water is finding a temperature change and, and, and something floating debris on the water. Like if you can find a weed line with some, a pallet floating uh, and it depends on the day. Sometimes you go out and there's weed lines everywhere. Where do you fish? You know, what weed line do you start on? And sometimes it is a dead that you can't find anything. So one leaf floating on the water could be gold. You know what I mean? Just anything, a palm <laughs> front. Um, so anything on the water that holds those small baits, you know, the small baits is the start of the food chain out there. The small baits get under the weed line or under the structure and then flying fish and ballyhoo and all that come around there. And then that attracts the, the mahi. So if you can find any kind of structure, that's gold key, you know? So, um, yeah. And, and, um, a lot of tricks with dolphin, like, uh, you know, especially the smaller sized dolphin, they usually don't travel alone. Sometimes you'll get a bull and a cow, you know, you know, male and female together on the bigger fish. But a lot of times, you know, you, you, you're into schools of fish where there's 20 or 30 or even more, maybe 100 behind the boat in the base. So if you if you leave one fish in the water after you get him hooked, the others will stay with him. And it gives you a chance to rig up another bait and, and put it back in the water. Back in the day, I used to take one of my fenders and just tie the lead, cut the leader tied off and throw it in the water and tell everybody, calm down. The fish are right over there. See that buoy? Okay, now we're going to take some spinning out fish and just catch mahi all day off of the buoy, you know, and then go back and get the buoy so with the first fish on it and pull it back in. So you definitely want to leave them in the water. Don't, you know, always have one in the water until you don't see any more behind it, you know, and a lot of times they're under it. Um, and that's the biggest thing. And so, uh, yeah, finding the structure, um, get the baits out and, and, um, and, you know, circle hooks are, I love circle hooks, but I wouldn't use them for mahi. Mahi fishing, man, they jump throw the hook a lot they do a lot of dancing out there so circle hook they'll wear a hole in their mouth and it's easier for them to toss off i've caught a lot with circle hooks while i'm bill fishing but with my fishing generally i'm using a j hook you know what's so much different between mahi and other type of fish they're just so much fun i mean and they're, they're one of the greatest tasting fish in the ocean they're beautiful they're abundant they grow fast they're a great fish to harvest that doesn't harm the environment, I believe. You know, there's just so many of them, um, and they're everywhere. They're in every ocean, you know. Um, and so, it's and it's just fun, man. I mean, like, you know, I've, I don't know how many billfish I've caught. I've got a lot of billfish, a lot, a lot of fishing all over the world. But I was telling my wife the other day, she said, what do you want to do for, you know, for, you know, just like one trip this year. I want to do the exact same thing I did last year on my birthday. Go to Costa Rica, catch 30 bull dolphin. You know, have some fun with my buddies to where, you know, you lost one. So, well, there's two more right there. You know, let's go. And um, so sometimes those magical days just catching bulls and then coming back and just eating till you can't move. You're in your chair like, oh, man, we're going to do that again tomorrow. You know, um, <laughs> and I've caught them in pangas. I've caught them in big sporties, you know, and it's 
it's just so much fun. And, and, and they're so, so dynamic when you get hooked up, you know, a dolphin goes nuts, um, when they, when they get hooked up and their colors change and, um, it's just a great experience. It's what fishing's all about. It is kind of crazy. The colors that change on those, cause you'll see dolphin that looks super green or super blue. And it's just, it freaks me out. Cause I'm like, how, how the heck does that happen? Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and everyone's different, you know, and um, some of them are mean, man. Some of those bulldolphin are mean. They're aggressive too. You know, if you could jump in and see them under the weed line and watch them feed, um, when some of those big ones look pretty intimidating, you know, when they're underwater feeding. Um, and it's a different beast when you get one, you know, over four foot long, you know. Um, so, yeah. When's the best time for, for Mahi around you? For me, it's April and May, um, springtime, April, May. For us, we have a temperature highway off of northeast Florida in the, in the wintertime, and that temperature highway with the Gulf Stream is kind of narrow. And as the summer progresses, that temperature highway widens, and there's a lot of outer bands that go on and spinoffs and all that. So the fish kind of scatter as they're migrating north. But the main migration, like, for example, right now, would be in North Carolina. If I wanted to go dolphin fishing right now in the States, I'd go to North Carolina. Um, that's where they're out there whacking them. So we're still catching, you know, a handful a day, but yeah, they love that warm water. Huh? They yeah, love that. Yeah. Warm I like uh, 76 and above, you know, um, you can catch them a little lower, but I, that, that warm water, man, you can find the mahi, you know? And, um, and like I say, if you go out there and there's a lot of weed lines and a lot of structure, you need to search around and find the ones with bait. Um, you know, and there's several ways to do that. You know, in the Keys, they fish where they have tower boats and they just go around and look on the tower boats and they'll make a couple casts or maybe throw out some live pilchards, a handful, uh, and see what comes out underneath. Whereas in Northeast Florida and, and northward, um, we more troll the weed lines and try to get the fish to come out and bite. And then if we do get on a hot bite, we circle back around and keep going. Um, so it's a little bit different tactics everywhere and they're not picky. Um, they'll come back and hit it again. You know, if you, you know, if a mahi hits and he short strikes, just put it in free spool with a clicker on and generally he'll come back and, uh, take the other half. Um, so yeah. And, and then it's a great fish for, um, for clients too. You know, if you've never caught one, you, you chances are you're going to get multiple shots of surviving. Um, and it's just a great experience whether you've done it all your life or never done it before. Absolutely. I, I think it's super interesting. You're talking about, um, weeds and everything like that because we have a lot of kelp patties around here. So you have like one strand of kelp yeah. and you'll look under there and sometimes there's like two or three mahi and then you'll go to like a huge kelp patty and look underneath and there's nothing like they, to me, they like just having that random one. Yeah. And it, it has a lot, you know, um, I gotta say my glasses, man, depth perceptions, everything, you know, I, I love these, these are saw life glasses. They, these are the, the ones with the spring hinge, you know, I love them. Um, the South ports and, with this offshore blue, I can see down under the water. So I get a depth perception, you know, to kind of see under the water and prevent that glare. Plus it, it takes away the reflective base. I'm looking back at the boat at the bait skipping all day long. And that reflective glare on the top of the water, man, it'll get to your eyes after a while. Oh yeah. And um, the blue color, I really like the glass lenses with the blue. Um, so good glasses make a big difference out there. Um, and then being ready when the fish comes boat side, he's going to go nuts. Where are you going to put yeah. him? So just, you know, a lot of people get the fish in the boat and then, uh-oh, <laughs> where's he going next? You know, so having ready to go in the box because they'll make a mess. What are the current regulations right now over there for my? They're just changing. It's a 20 inches. Um, it was 10 per person. Now it's five per person, um, which I kind of agree with. You know, a lot of people were taking a lot of the small ones and that's a lot of fish, man. You know, when you go out there, if you've got a few people on the boat, not many people are mahi fishing by themselves, you know. Um, so I kind of agree with that and they grow so fast. 
Um, so, you know, a 20 inch mahi in a year could be 30 pounds. Um, and so they're really fast and, and they, they breed a lot. There's a lot of them. I um, mean, it's one of the species that they're not really worried about um, numbers wise right now. So I'm happy to say. So when you're when you're mahi fishing, I mean, for us here on the West Coast, we're we're primarily just sightseeing to see if we're, they're under patties and under any type of structure. I mean, is that the same thing for you guys as well? Um, more that in the keys and we always look for that. Like say we were going bottom fishing and we see a pallet floating, we're going to go check it and see if it has some mahi on it. But when the fish are here, uh, we fish the edge of the continental shelf here. Um, and, and off Jacksonville, it's just 55 miles offshore. And so it goes from 160 feet and then just rolls down to 3000 feet. And so the up currents along that break are pretty unique. And then a lot of times on top of that up current, is where the weed lines and temperature breaks form, especially in the springtime, April and May. So when you get that magical weed line along the continental shelf, we're trolling that line back and forth, you know, from like 160 feet to 300 feet back and forth zigzagging um, and targeting them there. So um, a little different with where where we're at than just in the Keys, but we're always looking for something floating. You know, you always have a spinner with a jig on it um, ready to go. And the the other thing is a frigate bird. Um, frigate birds mark the fish you know i've caught many marlin billfish and um and big mahi just under a frigate bird you know they're they're waiting for the fish to pull up the flying fish and they're going to come down and swoop up and get him so they'll just follow the fish so if you see a a frigate bird just kind of hanging going one direction then he kind of just drifts this way and this way he's not spinning in a circle he's generally following a fish um and so get ready and look under the frigates when you see mahi are they usually in big schools or a couple of them or how does it work the bigger the fish, the smaller the school. You know, if you if you get a, a big one, generally there's only one or two. You know, like in Costa Rica, we were on some fish that were 30 to 40 pounds, just really consistent because the conditions were so great. Um, and you know, there's not not everybody fishing over there, not a lot of pressure. And then over here, you know, if you get into you know, we call them, you know, you get small peanuts or, or grass upper dolphin, you know, smaller ones. And then you can, we have uh, balers where you just open the bale and sling them in the boat. And then once they get about gaffer size. Um, you usually find a a lot less of them together. You know, you might find them in pairs or, you know, a few here or there, but again, there's, there's, they're all holding for the same structure. So it just depends, depends on time of year, how much structure's out there, how much this fish are scattered. Are you guys ever using live bait or are you primarily using jigs and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. Especially like if we're hunting, running and gunning, like you said, looking for structure, especially in the keys. Um, the keys they'll load up with pilchards and ballyhoo and then head offshore and see what happens and, and then they'll find something and pitch some pilchards out and see what's going on so um definitely and they will go nuts for live bait i mean you never can outdo live bait you know um and uh, man you can you can really get them fired up and that's a lot of fun sometimes you can take a lot of small pilchards and throw them in if you get schools going and just pick them off what would you say you have more luck on jigs or live bait well, live bait, you know, but I, I mean, they're, like I said, they're not picky, you know, they're not smart fish. I, I find it hard to catch the smart fish, so um, I target the <laughs> other ones. And the, so it really doesn't matter with the mahi, you know. I mean, if you, if it's moving and they're out there, especially if there's other fish around, you know, they want to eat it before the other guy does. Let's talk about rigs and setups and stuff like that. So you obviously around here, you know, we're throwing iron. You can throw irons at them. You can throw plastics at them. We can get them pretty much on anything. Like you said, they're unpicky here. But um, when it comes to rod and reel setups and uh, fly lines versus uh, jigs and all that stuff, you want to talk to us about that and what you guys are utilizing to catch them? 
for me, I always use 30 pound class outfits. You know, you never know what's going to happen. Um, so I'm always using 30 pound gear, uh, mainline, um, and then maybe 180 or hundred pound leader, you know, um, nothing too big, uh, but something that's not going to chafe every time. So if the bike gets going, you have to change out. Uh, you know, it, it, like I said, it just depends on the fish. Like in the, in the keys, we were, we were fishing, you know, and had small rigs with hooks like these, you know, and that's, that's a lot different than if I'm tournament fishing and all I want is a big fish strike, you know? Um, so all I'm after is a big fish. So it, it just depends on the day. If you're trying to put meat in the box or a little bit of both, um, but big lures do catch big fish, you know? Um, so, you know, and, 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 and when we're bill fishing, you know, a lot of times we have the fifties out, um, or even the eighties, you know, so, um, you know, a 30 pound mice, you can make short work of that, but generally I'm fishing 30 pound class outfits uh, to make sure and get them in the boat. So using that, that big of a leader line though, hundred pound, you said, <clears throat> yeah. Cause a lot of times we're just grabbing them and slinging them in the boat, you know, wrapping the leader with our hand and slinging it in. Um, and, and, and a lot of times, you know, you might get kudas or some Wahoo that hit it too, as well out there. So you want to be ready for that. You don't want a you know, 40 pound leader and all of a sudden it's something different than a sailfish or a Mahi. <laughs> uh, you want to be ready for that Wahoo if he hits or a tuna as well, you know? And, um, and that's, what's great about the new blue water. You know, you always go out to target a species, but you never know what you're going to catch. You know, a lot of, a lot of great bite cats in the blue water. When you're doing like a fly line with live bait, are you still using that thick of a leader line? Um, well, no, and I'm not using live bait. Like there's a lot of streamers that work and plungers, like a plunger, like a sailfish fly, anything that causes a little bubble and some action that you can move it actually, especially if you can get them fired up. Usually if you, if you're fly fishing, you'd get them chummed up a little bit and then just toss the fly in and move it and they're going to eat it. Um, so yeah. And I, and I'm not much of a fly guy. You know, my son was really good at fly fishing. I used to say by the time you get that thing cocked, I'll have three in the box, you know? And, um, but a lot of people really love it. And, I, it, and I'm, I gotta say, man, it's, uh, it's fun to watch when your clients come out there and insist on that, you know, um, it's, it's a lot of fun, you know? So we, we call fly lining, uh, like fly lining live bait. So just basically no weight, nothing. You're just using mono with a, a rod and reel and throwing oh, okay. out a live bait through the nose. Yeah. That's East what I coast, meant. West coast there. Misunderstood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was just asking though, <clears throat> when it comes to like live bait, are you using the same leader? Like, are you using the hundred pound leader line? No, no, we would definitely gear down to like 40, depending on the size of, of the fish, usually 30 to 40, um, on, on the leader, like a, a, um, a fluorocarbon leader, you know, and something you could sling out there and, and move and, and let the bait do its work, still have, give the bait enough action, you know. How big have you seen Mahi get? 60, 70 pounds overseas oh, and 50 wow. to 60 here. <laughs> That's um, yeah. And just some crazy big fish, man. And, you know, um, when they get that big, their heads are so enormous. And one of the things about dolphin too, especially the bulls, you'll get a big fish on the line and he, he just puts his head against the resistance of the pull. So if, if he goes down, he's got his head broadside at every point. So even when he comes to the top, you have to narrow that gap with the boat. You know, he's going to be trying to go against it. So the key is to line up your boat. Even when he's on top, don't charge him. Just slowly get line and create a 45 until he's right by the boat. Cause he's going to keep that head turned towards the resistance. Um, so those bigger fish definitely act different. And, and I got to say, I've been doing it for 30 something years, man. And if anything bigger than 40 pounds jumps, I go nuts. It's a different animal. First, you know, if he's 30, we're catching dolphin. Oh man, relax. If he gets off, we'll get another one. This is great. Don't worry about it. We got so much meat in the freezer, blah, blah, blah. 
He's over 40. Be careful. Hang on. Make sure tighten up. You know, it, it's a different game when that big one gets on, you know, and you have to have the right equipment and be ready. And um, uh, it's just different, man. And a lot of times they'll have weeds, you know, they're tossing the weeds off their face when they're jumping and all that. So it's just some epic moments out there, mahi fishing. And if you haven't done it, you just have to. And they put up a great fight too. Yeah, great fight. And like I said, and they taste great. I mean, it's one of the best fish in the ocean to eat. And, um, you know, not, nice money. You'll feed quite a few people too. <clears throat> if you had to uh, give some tips and tricks on people that are new to mahi fishing in general, what would you, what would you say? Keep it simple, man. Get something, you know, they have a lot of baits like, um, you know, say even a lot of people ask me like, Hey, I'm on a sailboat and I'm cruising across and I want to catch dinner. I'm like, just take some small baits with skirts and put them out. You know, the, the CNH rigged and ready's work good. The, the, uh, small Islanders, um, you know, work really good. Like you can catch anything in the ocean off a of blue and white Islander, you know? Um, so keep it simple, you know, small skirted lures, um, catch dinner, you know, and then be ready. If you, if you have a, a big spinner with a jig or a live bait or, um, something that a bigger bait that if that other fish comes up behind this, you're ready for him to catch them, you know, but keep it simple and don't go so crazy. You know, like a, it's supposed to be fun, you know, don't take the fun out of it when that frantic bite happens, you know, cause it's people, people see them all and they want to catch every fish, you know? Um, and sometimes those schools are 50 or 60 fish in them and people go nuts, you know, just, just have a good time and remember what it's supposed to be fun. I'd be going nuts. I'd be frothing. That'd be fun. <laughs> Fishing is one of the only sports you get 17 contradictory instructions in less than 30 seconds, you know? So everybody on the boat, when you get a mahi bite, just starts bite, barking instructions. Reel, yeah. don't reel left, right over here. Put <laughs> yours this way. You know, so it's always uh, nuts. They always hit the deck bouncing, there's blood everywhere, you know? Um, but everybody's always smiling. Um, yeah, it's always you know, smiles. I, I do have to say one of the, one of the, I got my, one of my biggest mahi memories, we were going to the other side from Jacksonville to go catch yellowfin tuna. So many times we'd go out to the break, like 60 miles offshore. We'd spend the night and catch bottom fish all night or drift for swordfish then get up the next morning and run the other 60 miles to the other side of the Gulf stream and catch yellowfin tuna. So we had a friend of mine's cousin on the boat from Kentucky and his wife. And we get up at daylight the next morning. I mean, it's, you know, just gorgeous. Sun's, sun's rising, you know, moon's setting, sun's rising out there, 60 miles offshore, slick, calm ocean. And she goes, you know what? I get why you guys do this now. And I go, yeah, it's pretty nice, huh? And she goes, and look at this beautiful fish with all the colors just swimming around the boat. And we get up and go, oh, my God, 30-pound mahi. Get out of the jig, get him, <laughs> gaff him, throw him in That's the box. So and, and she's like, you know, y'all, you guys really ruined the moment for me, you know? Um, oh, so it's man. all about perspective, you know, for us, that was, that was a catch of a lifetime for her. It was just a beauty in action, you know, so it's, uh, everybody has a different perspective. So that's probably my best, uh, best memory, you know, and then we went out and whacked the tuna, you know, came back in. So yeah, good stuff. What's your favorite mahi recipe? Wow. I got a lot. I had black and mahi last night, actually. We just got back from the keys and I had all that small fillets, uh, you know, those thinner ones. I really like to blacken up, you know, and do that. And, um, um, mahi tacos, man, fresh mahi tacos, pretty tough to beat. We're, we're about to do a catch, clean and cook from Costa Rica. My friend Kelly, she can cook them up, you know? So, um, and, and it's not hard. The meat's so good. You can cook it so many different ways, you know, sauce is sauce, this kind of sauce. Um, mahi is a, a very forgiving fish when you're cooking. So, um, you can't really go wrong in any recipe with a mahi. I agree with you on the mahi tacos. Those are some of the best for sure. <clears throat> so Don, if, so uh, if if we wanted to come join you on some charters, what do we need to what do we need to do? Where can we do that? 
I'm just checking. I don't even advertise anymore because I'm so old, man. I'm booked up before I even put the word out, you know? <laughs> um, so you can find me on all my Insta, all my social stuff. It's C-A-P-T Don Dingman, Cap Don Dingman, D-I-N-G-M-A-N. Um, and you can find us always on Salt Life, or on Team Salt Life and all that stuff. And um, and I don't charter as much as I used to anymore. We're doing so much stuff with the kids, you know. I'm, we're filming 13 episodes a year. We're doing 14 boat shows and events. And um so my charters are kind of full in the summertime and we do a whole lot of kids fishing camp stuff. So I, uh, I really enjoy taking, you know, four or five kids to a local fishing camp and teaching them the sport a lot. So I, I do that Monday through Friday during the summertime, um, and have a lot of fun doing that, but, um, not hard to find just, you know, look up the old guy with salt life and, uh, it's catching all the fish. That'd <laughs> be me. Rad Don. Thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate you on here. And, uh, I really want to go catch some mahi now that we're talking about this. I know one of these days, man, we're going to meet up and get on the same boat and do this in person. It'd be a lot more fun. Instead of pictures behind us, we'll have dolphin jumping behind us. I know. I was noticing that photo. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I like that. All right, man. Appreciate you having me. Have a good one. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening in to today's podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening in to Above and Below a Salt Life podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Salt Life. If you've enjoyed this episode, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word. And remember, stay salty.